In today's episode of Tree's Company, there's something I grew up with. Tashu, do you know what song that was? No, what song was it? When I was young. <laughs> you got the lyrics wrong. <laughs> oh well, we can try it again. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother. What will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. The future's not us to see. Sarah, Sarah. So the reason why this was my favorite song was as a child, how confused we are to who we were allowed to be, not allowed to be, conditioned to be, limited to be, told not to be, told what we could, and rules after rules after rules. And yet we were said we could be whatever we wanted. Life happens, <laughs> and we're still confused sometimes. We're still changing. And sometimes we've not been given the permission to be who we wanted to be. What do you girls think about that? I think, like, as a kid growing up, you don't really think much about all of this. Like, you just do as you're told to do, kind of vibes. And then you grow a little bit older, like you're mid-teens or whatever, and you're like, okay, I want this, I want that. And maybe you're saying no to all of it, or some of it. And that's when it becomes a problem. But then you go grow out of your teen phase, and you go into uni, and then... At least for me, like, I got to do what I want, everything I wanted, lived away from home, had my own friends, own lifestyle, chose when I slept, chose when I woke up. And, like, yeah, okay, I don't know what the future holds, but I feel pretty free. Like, I don't know, what about you, Gia? I think you're more free when you're young. Like, when you're a child and people ask you what you want to be in the future, I can easily say... I want to be a princess. Or I did want to be a princess. Thank you for the information, sister. I thought the world should know. Okay, continue. Anyways, I could easily answer saying I wanted to be a rock star or an astronaut or a princess, and that was completely okay. But then the older I got, if I answered saying I want to be a princess in the future, people would be like, whoa, she's crazy. So I think as you get older, you get more limitations, but. Like, you need those limitations. Because I can't be a princess unless I marry a prince. So it's possible. Depends yeah. on what your definition of a princess is, right? There's always someone in your family that's treating you like a princess. Yeah. But I wanted to be like a proper princess. <laughs> I like the way she's like hinting yeah. on you, Tashu. <laughs> but I wanted to be a proper princess, like in the royal family, and I wanted a crown on my head and everything, and I thought that would be possible when I was younger. But after going through school and university and real life, I kind of learned that I can't be anything I want to be, because I don't want to marry a prince. Why? Because I you don't want? want a man to make me what I want to be. I want to be what I want to be by being what I want to be but myself. Being a princess is like a status more so than a like who like career choice you know like if you want to be an astro astronaut or like a rock star you work towards those things right yeah, you go in the music industry or you go into like science or whatever 
princess, you can't really go to university for it. No, like, you know, there's nannies, like these world-class nannies, and you have to go to this elite school, and they teach you how to be the best nanny so you can be the royal family's kids' nannies. So I'm sure there's something like that for princesses as well. Like they teach you etiquette and all, and then it increases your chance of getting married to a prince. So you're still talking about getting married to a prince. Yeah. And you just said you don't want to. See, when you're a child, you don't have limitations because you don't understand the way the world works. But when you grow up, because of experience, you do understand the way the world works. And then you put limitations on yourself because of the environment you're in like maybe when i was younger i said i wanted to be a rock star because like we used to watch the jonas brothers and their life looked so cool and i wanted that life but now that i'm older and i understand more about the world i don't want that life because i know rock stars go through so much stress and pain and social media hating them and things like that that i probably wouldn't be able to handle so i put that limitation on myself so it changes and that's okay but how's that limitation that's just you growing up and deciding that you know more about it and you deciding you don't want it for yourself so if i were to ask you generally before you guys go into this banter what are the things that you felt in life you couldn't do be and with age you feel you've kind of claimed that part of you and you're actually living that life freedom from my parents (laughs) I don't know, as a kid, I always used to be scared because they were very protective of me. And living in Bangkok, like, we're exposed to so many things that aren't necessarily age-appropriate. And so they wanted to protect me for as long as they could. And I always saw that protection as, like, them just being evil and not allowing me to experience life. But now that I'm older, like... I understand that they were never trying to stop me from anything. They were just saying, wait a little bit. Like, wait till you know yourself. You can trust yourself. You can handle yourself. And now I feel like I have all of that. So I'm good. And you, Gia? For me, I think I just wanted to be more like my elder sister. And she would go out a lot and everything. And now that I live in a different country, I can be so much more like her. (laughs) you don't want to be like yourself (laughs) who is being yourself i am myself but then i learn a lot from you so i have i never sat behind a table for hours studying what did you learn from me i learned to live life from you i have like a little sprinkle of you in gia a little sprinkle i'm pretty sure it's like the whole box of sprinkle with the amount you go out bro you go out more than i do no i have like a little touch isn't that peer pressure then I peer pressured you into going out. Okay, so why are you peer pressuring me? That's right back at you. I'm the victim. Okay, then stop going out. Oh. Okay, so minusing <laughs> the peer pressure, minusing the victim. How comfortable are you to make decisions and not get bullied in life to being who you are, choosing who you are? Because sometimes in friendship, it's you know, people say you've changed. People say that, or people kind of dictate what you can do, should do, shouldn't do. How do you guys actually find your way and maneuver around being you and who you choose to be to instead of being who your friends want you to be? I think for me, it's a lot to do with who is telling me how I should be, what I should do and stuff like that. Because 
it depends on who has my best interests at heart. Like, if my parents are telling me that I should do this or do that, I'll probably listen to them a lot more than I would listen to an Instagram comment on my most recent post that told me that they don't like the color of my dress. Like, it matters a lot who's giving me the comment. I wouldn't care for a single second if someone commented being like, I don't like your dress. Like, I, if I like it, I like it. But if my parents were like, oh, maybe like this would match your style more, I'd listen because they have my best interests at heart and I trust them more than a rando. And what if a rando were to give you a good compliment? Then I'd take it. So why not? So how do you decide whether something is okay or an advice is okay for you? How do you gauge or how do you listen to your body or your intuition when someone's coming from a place of not really your, you know, goodwill or where someone's really genuinely trying to say something to you? If it's not from a good place that they're giving me the comment, then I'll do the best of my ability to How do you decide if it's not coming from a good place? How well I know the person and what I think How of the often comment. sometimes a stranger is actually very genuine to giving you comments. Because this is something I've been facing a lot recently where, you know, I know I'm very open to the universe giving me advice and I feel that that's the way the universe talks to me. But it also creates a lot of confusion in me whether this is coming from my good or is it coming from judgment. So how do you at your you know ends decide this? I mean, I think I'll take like my initial thought whatever i think without listening to the outside world and then compare what i think to what the other person is saying but then how do i still decide actually (laughs) what do you think i don't know like i think people i don't know are usually the most genuine people because they have no idea who i am it's like the other day i went to h&m and i bought a pink dress and I showed it to my mom before buying it. I usually have a habit of like needing her validation to buy it. And she wasn't the biggest fan of it because she's already worn dresses like that. So for her, it was like outdated and it was boring. But I've never dressed up like that before. It was a new style for me. So I still bought it regardless. And to her, I was like, yeah, okay, it's just a basic dress. But to me, it wasn't like any other dress I've had in my closet before. And then I had someone else tell me, oh, it looks really nice on you. And this person doesn't know me that well. So, like, obviously where they're coming from is, like, a more genuine place because they don't know me. They don't know what's in my closet. They don't know what I wear on a daily basis. But my mom does. So what she says may not always be on, like, how I look or how I carry things. But it may also be, like, with the bias of what she's worn, what she's seen, and how she feels about it. So that's really nice that you still went ahead and did what you felt was right. Because I remember there was something I picked up from Zara. This was two years ago. And I was you know, dressing up and I have a habit of always asking like the kids or my husband, how does this look? And I remember my son saying, it looks like you're, I know one of those, uh, the ones who play around with the bull, not play around, but the ones, what do you call them? The bulls. You know, where they have the red flags, the red oh, cloth. The Spanish festival. Yeah, you... something like the Spanish, this thing is like, why are you wearing this jacket? It looks like one of those where you're going to go on the field and you're going to hold the red flag for the bull to like come... <laughs> You know, slamming right into you and I was like thank you very much but it was just something that you know it was a daring kind of fashion and I just wanted to try it and I didn't think it looked so bad but I do know that I do get affected very easily by what people say that's the emotional side of me that I'm still trying to you know change around 
Yeah, but it's like I understand getting affected by it because it bothered me so much that my own mother didn't like it. You can ask her. Like I made it a big deal at home, but I still liked it, and it wasn't like buying that dress wasn't killing my bank account or anything. It was okay, so it wasn't the biggest problem. But like, she's still my mom, and like I've grown up shopping with her, and that's something we bond over. So like, getting her validation or sending her the picture and like having her say yes is just something I always do, and she usually says yes really fast. But like now, I think my styling is changing, and she didn't like it. And I was like, "Why? Like it's such a nice dress. The color is nice. The styling is good. We're like, why do you not like it?" And it was troubling me so much. But like, I still wanted it, so I got it. But it was like a lot harder to get it, because we're so used to having validation of how we should be or dress up, even in our day-to-day doing. Like you know, sometimes someone comes up and says, "Oh, you do. You did this, or you did that." And it's not right. And the first instant is to actually put a wall up, and you instead of just sitting down and listening, you first evaluate that why is the person saying this. And if you're one of those who are sensitive or an empath, it's like, oh my God, I did something wrong, and you come from a place of apology of being who you are. But when you really think of it, there's a reason why we do what we do at that time of the hour. Are we actually validating our need at that point without allowing other people to judge us, mm-hmm. or are we quick to judge ourselves and say, "You know what? The person was right. I was wrong to do this." Yeah, I mean, we usually put up a wall against it. We don't like hearing bad things about ourselves, but I don't know. I feel like then. That's in the moment because you don't know how to react to it. But once you get away from it and you give it a little bit of time, don't you reflect on it? Like it bothers you. Why would someone say that about you? Because it's created the trigger in you. But sometimes it could be your second nature that you're always trying to people please. So if someone says something that you did has affected them, it may not be a trigger. It's a part of you that is so conditioned that so you should not be the reason to hurt someone. And so it comes from a part of your people pleasing of I just want everyone to be comfortable. It's the fight, flight, is it fight, flight, freeze, fawn, <laughs> and there's one more new thing that I've learned from my bra- uh, breath work class, where you're you're the middle person. One is where you're you know you're just smiling and pretending everything is okay, and there's another one where you're trying to be the middle person to ease out things. So, what do you think? I think I'm the one to ease out things, because I don't believe in drama, and I don't want. There was these pants that I bought, these tights that I bought from H and M. These like olive green color tights that none of oh, my friends so ugly. That none <laughs> of my friends or my sister liked at all. But I was so determined to like wear it more often because of their hate towards the tights. So like just to prove to them that I don't care what they think. Like if I like it, I like it. And then what helped even more is my mom loved it. So that goes back to the whole validation thing. Like my mom loved the color of the tights, would make which made it so much easier for me to like flex it in front of my friends, being like, I don't care if you think it's ugly. I like it. My mom likes it. But then the fact that you wore it more often wasn't it like some sort of insecurity you were trying to overcome. 
No, honestly, I think like I bought those tights and my friend said they didn't like it, but I was so upset I couldn't return it back. <laughs> so now, so I had to make use of it. So I just wore it. So more. you decided to wear more to fake that you actually like it. I think so, yeah. So you don't actually like it. No, I think it's really ugly. So why, so why would you wear it so much more than just accepting that you bought something wrong? Because I'm not gonna let it go to waste. And oh, then it's it so also, okay. it also like this was a test to make to see if I could still be comfortable in my own skin while wearing something that I don't think is nice, and none of my friends. That think is nice completely either. fine and good. But you wore it more often than not just to make it seem like you actually like it. And I made an Instagram post of it. Just yeah, to it was top so it ugly. You went to such a nice nature place, trekking or whatever, and you wore those ugly pants that you also think is ugly. For what? <laughs> I feel like you're trying to peer pressure me to throw those pants no, away. No, keep it. It's leggings. Leggings like always come it. handy. You just said you don't <laughs> like it. Gia, what are you doing? So on that note, as usual, like a referee, <laughs> it is time for a break. Welcome back and going back to who you are and are you safe to feel what you want to feel? How many things do you still feel really afraid of adventuring or showing up as you? How often do you still mask yourself when you know that's you but you don't want the world to see you? How many things about you do you feel you do not know about yourself but your friends tell you that that's who you are? For example, if someone says, you know, you're very judgmental, are you quick to retaliate or do you sit down, take a pause and realize that, yes, I do judge easily? Or if someone says that, you are too condescending and you kind of like retaliate really quickly or you dismiss people do you take a pause to see if that's who you are because sometimes there are different aspects of ourselves that we're not even aware that exist sometimes we play victim mode for a reason sometimes we are angry souls for a reason sometimes we are quick to vent because we feel unsafe how many of you actually notice sides of you that you're aware you have it and we actually in our healing world we call it the shadow uh, i'm not i don't think i'm aware about it at all like about my shadows because this one time in school someone came up to me and was like you know you're very intimidating and you come off as a bitch like it's so hard to talk to you and like I didn't know how to take it. I just laughed. I remember laughing and I was like, oh my God, what? Why do you think that? And they're just like, I don't know, like you're just so within yourself kind of thing or like your own friends that you don't seem easy to approach. And I was very confused because I was like, but what's wrong in that? Like, aren't people within like, aren't they with their friends and they're just who they want to be kind of thing? So, and this person was my classmate. We had classes together. And this person thought that and I was just like whoa okay and like then after that like in the moment I just laughed it off and after that I thought about it and I was like okay maybe like my resting face is very bitchy maybe that it makes people feel like I'm not easy to come up to and talk to 
So I kind of changed that a bit and I made it more of a habit to like go out of my way to talk to people in my class. So that was good that she actually approached you and told you that this is what I actually see in you and you made it you took it in a very positive way to change who you are. But like I never had any bad intention or I never meant to come off as like a bitchy or rude person that you can't come up to me and talk to me. That was never my intention. Okay, it made someone feel that way and I don't want people to feel that way. So I put in that extra effort and I like became friends with more people in my class, but they're not my friends anymore today. So like what like I don't understand what that was. Why did I put in that extra effort? Not that it took much out of me or anything, but like still for what if those people in my life aren't here today after graduation school after graduation of uni what was the point of that but you didn't know they weren't going to be in your life no i never got close to them in school either i never sat with them at lunch every day we never grouped up for work projects or anything it was just like a civil like hi hello how are you kind of vibes but still at school like when you're in the school age that's everything in your life like you're at school from 8 to 3 or sometimes so much later like it's 50% of your day that you spend in school so i think internally you'll care a lot about your reputation even if you're not close to the person you'll it, care yeah it wasn't so much about my reputation it was just that i didn't like the fact that people felt like i was a bitch or that they couldn't come up and talk to me about it but I know like that was never my intention. It was just I was happy with the friends I had. It was a big school. So I was okay with it. It didn't really trouble me that I like I wasn't in a place where I wanted to make more friends. If it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it didn't. I was happy with the few friends I had. Then why did you change? Because I didn't like that someone saw me that way when that wasn't my intention or the vibe i assumed i was giving off cuz when you're like in it you can't see it like you know when you like a guy and all you're so blinded by you guys liking each other and then you don't know how you're acting to everybody around you like because you guys are so in like with each other you ignore the people around you but you don't know it cuz you're so blinded cuz you're the one in it So you need like a third party to tell you what you're doing, and you like may not even agree with it because you're blinded by it. Have you been through that? Well, does it sound like I have? Yeah, because I don't <laughs> relate to that. Yeah, but that's why I trust my friends a lot because I know that I'll be blinded. So you need to trust your friends and just listen to them, even if you don't agree with it. Just know that. they're right and then yeah sometimes we do miss our own blind spots and we don't see it and it's good to be open to it but at the end of the day you are your best judge of who you choose to be because if others are kind of like judging you for that it's really either the projecting sometimes they do project it on you sometimes it's just a mirror work but i think for this it's different like they're not they don't have any bad agenda in their head or anything like they're just telling me something that i can't see for my own good but what if sometimes that yeah if you're in a relationship and you're spending more time with your boyfriend or your girlfriend it's a very natural thing that you're getting to know each other that just everything is new and you kind of like it's not the intention of sight linking your friends but you just spend more time with that person and the others shouldn't it should be an understanding to it For like the first few months sure cuz like you're in the honeymoon stage and all of that but then after that if you're still so into it and you're fully 
having less time with your friends than you used to before, that's not fair to them at all. But isn't that bound to happen? Even like, okay, if you think about marriages, you get married to the person, you live with them, you have a household with them. Your responsibilities change. You don't meet your friends as much anymore. So when you're in a serious relationship, isn't it the same idea? You're building on something that you plan on like making legally official. You don't plan to do that with your friends, right? I'm not saying you should ignore them, but isn't it understandable if it reduces? No, but then it just so happens that I don't have to legally tell the government that I want this person to be my best friend forever, but I do want these people to be my best- like, I want them to be at my baby shower and everything. Yeah, so I'm- like, I'm, all I'm saying is isn't it understandable that your time with your friends reduces? Because if you're in a relationship, now there's an added- person in your life who has a different part of you but on that note what happens about respecting each other's choices good or bad because you're friends and sometimes giving that person some space because they're going through something whether it's a new relationship whether they're pregnant whether they have health issues what's the reason that people are quick to judge and tell you how you've been behaving and it's not fair and sometimes fair, you can tell your best friend that, hey, I feel left out. And maybe the person still does it because they're struggling to their relationship. What happens to understanding and not being judgmental to that behavior? But I don't think them telling you something about yourself is necessarily being judgmental. Because they're literally doing it But it's it coming from a place of an expectation, right? Which I think should be there. As friends, like if you guys are best friends, the other person should be able to expect that you will hang with them a lot, will always be there. Fair, provided that when the other person has a boyfriend or a girlfriend, they don't do the same thing. Because as long as you're not in that situation, it's very quick to judge a person and tell them this is how you're behaving. But as soon as the other person is in the same situation, guess what? History repeats. Yeah. I've had a lot of that because in my case, I was the first to marry. I had my kids first. You know, I was experiencing everything first where I had to maintain, you know, going out with my husband, his friends, or, you know, as couples. And I had kids and they wanted soccer. And there was so much going on in my life which I had to juggle. And sometimes I didn't have that understanding until others had to experience it. For example, I am the only one who's lost my mom. And nobody will understand it till you lose your own mom. And I was told how to grieve and to grieve. I'm, you know, I should not be grieving her too much. And I felt, who is anyone to tell me who and what I should be? Because emotions are sometimes not in our hands. My way of grieving my family or my loved ones, my way of handling my empty, you know, nest my way of doing things could be very different to how someone else do it. I may be extra emotional, but if my kind of friends and my people do not understand me and are quick to judge, how is that very fair to the relationships and the friendships we make? Yeah, that's true. But what if it's in a case where you literally cannot see, like your friends come up to you and tell you something and you don't agree with them? Well, it depends because you. I always say, right, energy doesn't lie. And if you're really coming in the need of helping me, rather than telling me, you know what, it's okay and life needs to go on. But at that point, maybe I'm not ready for life to go on. At that point, I'm going through something and can my friends give me space to be? 
do I have permission to be who I am at that point rather than people telling me you need this and you need that and you need this it's our internal dialogue is already telling us enough of how I need to be I have kids and family direct family who need me and I know my responsibility but I'm not able to cope with it already whether it's even a child who goes to uni for the first time and if as parents will be like oh you need to go out or oh, you need to be studying or oh, you need to be spending money or oh, you need to be saving money you're trying to learn to juggle yourself in whatever capacity that you can or decide to be but when you have people going around giving you advices and telling you which door to open and close how fair is that why are we quick to judge and not and you know, already to give each other permission to be I think it's like cuz we're bought up that way. Like not bought up that way, but in the intention of trying to help people with your experiences, that's what it happens. So then what happens to the logic of treat others the way you would want to be treated? Why do we not ever ask ourselves that our day will come and we may fall into the same trap of emotions? It's like okay, if I was hurting right now and if i was crying i know that i want to be left alone i don't want people to come up to me and tell me all this like you'll be okay or even just sit with me and be quiet like i don't want that i genuinely just want to be alone but now if i see a loved one crying i will go up to them and i'll be like hey do you need anything is there anything i can help you with and that's just like genuinely out of it's my organic. love and you're care doing it out of love yeah. correct but that's not the way I would want to be treated. Like I know I have people who care about me. No, so that's you will put that benchmark and say, you know what? I have this crazy habit of when I am not okay, I cave because that's who I am. Yeah. When I'm not okay, I like to cave. But if someone comes up to me slowly and creates that safe zone, I have also seen myself open up to that. Because they're not telling me to change. They're not telling me get up, wipe your tears, and let's do something. They're coming into my space. They're matching rapport. They're reaching my level, and they're just being there. They're slowly trying to literally hold my hand and say, "Can I just hold your hand?" And they wait for me to say yes. It's like when I actually fell on Valentine's Day. I really loved how the people around actually waited for my cue, and it was very not not normal for Thais. where i felt right outside robinsons and i noticed people were looking at me because it was energy for me but they didn't quickly run to me and create a crowd they saw me get up they saw me try to reach out to my stuff to put it back into my bag and then they realized i broke down because i couldn't move my shoulder had got you know it just was not movable so two of them came and they said can we help you they asked me permission can we put things in your bag and i said yes then they said can we help you up and then a third person came and then a fourth person got a chair and they were going to close the whole car park and i said can you just put me in the corner the minute they sat me on the chair they gave me space they didn't you know like circle around me and breathe over my shoulders and like what do we do they saw me pick up my phone they saw me call they waited and then i said can you get me a cab and they got me a cab and for the first time i realized It was so beautiful how they were picking up my cues rather than doing what they felt. Get her a water, get her a chair, let's get her up. No, there was no dumb drama trauma. 
they paused to see my cue and I was like, I think it's the first time I experienced how I should behave when someone goes through something. But it taught me that. Isn't it different when it, like, they were strangers to you, but if it's your loved ones, wouldn't they be more on top of you? And, like, that also not out of, like, anything to trouble you or anything, but just out of love and... No, but I think even that they've learned also. My loved ones have also learned that I have this thing of, like, okay, give me a pause. Because when something happens to me, my mind is thinking too many things and I can't multitask in my mind. It needs to kind of like separate everything, compartmentalize. So my loved ones have understood that about me. Because if I feel threatened, I can be really spiteful. And I've learned that part about me. So I, you know, they've learned to pause and wait for me to give them instruction. And even my hubby's done that. Even my helper's doing it. Even Buddy Mama's doing that right now, where she's just there and she pauses and then she's like, okay, I'll come and see to you later. Which I felt nice because now we are actually picking up cues, which mm. we're not listening otherwise energetically. What's, what, do you really know what I want? Do you really know who I am? Are you ready to listen to what I need? But what if it's like you don't know what you need? Like hypothetically, let's just say, Gia's going through a breakup right now and she's feeling really bad and I've already experienced what a breakup is. And so I went through a really bad breakup and now I feel like I know how to deal with it. So if I see my little sister go through it and let's just say all she wants is to just be alone and deal with it on her own. What if I went up to her and I was like, no, Gia, you just need to keep yourself distracted. Don't think about That's it. That's a mistake we all do. Yeah, but like, isn't that just out of love? It is yeah. out of love. So this is where it's like, Gia, I've been through this. What really helped me was being distracted and going out. I know you would want to cave in and maybe be on yourself, but just know that I'm here if you want to try different ways of doing things. At the end of the day, I'm here and it's your choice. Yeah, I understand doing it that approach also, but what if it gets to a point where it becomes unhealthy for her? Like she's, okay, the first few times she says, I just want to be alone and I let her be. But I notice how it's slowly like... So the next time, what you need to do is just go cuddle around her and not say anything. Because in her space, she doesn't want anything. She just wants to feel safe. And you want to just keep your energy around her, maybe on the same bed. And you do your own thing and let her do her own thing. Because let her get comfortable with having people around no, but what I'm trying to get at is like, okay, let's just say hypothetically she's going through this heartbreak and it's really hard on her. But she has so many other things going on in her life. She has her exams coming up. She has uni classes. She has assignments. But she's put all of that on a hold for a week, let's say that. And that's okay. It isn't really hurting her that bad. But now following the second week, she hasn't touched anything and it's really going to affect her. And this is something she cares about, but because emotionally she's too heartbroken. You'll have to use her methods to make her feel comfortable. If you know she's someone who likes hot chocolate, you'll make a hot chocolate, you'll send it. You'll send in a grab in, if she's not in the same country. You'll send a little note. You will try to, because when someone's going through a breakup, they're hurting, they feel unloved. How do you want to feel loved? You don't have to be there present. You have to just let them know that I'm here. You take your time, you take your space, but just know I love you. So the little notes, if you know she's one of those who's sentimental, you want to send those little moments. So if I got her like a pet dog, that would work. She loves dogs. Pet dog in Hong Kong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's barely taking care of herself at that point. 
But she loves dogs. Yeah, but you want to do something that is convenient for her, not a nuisance at that point. But isn't a pet dog the best Yeah, if option? you can get someone for 24 hours, a pet dog sent to her to make her smile and then taken back. Yes. No, because like, okay, with the pet dog, she'll have that distraction. She'll have that love again. That love comes back. Agreed, but you just have to make sure that that pet dog doesn't create an inconvenience for her when she needs to go to uni or who she's staying with. It's using a little bit of thinking of <laughs> let me not make things more difficult for her because I know she wants a pet dog, but is it the right time at this moment? So it's listening clearly to the energy of what does she really need at that point. So if I were to ask you, Gia, with all the things that we said we could have done to cheer you up, which one would have actually been good? Definitely not the pet dog. <laughs> I think you love dogs. No, but I have so many assignments and everything to exactly. catch up on. Exactly, she has enough. So next? I think it would just be the tiny stuff that reminds me that I have someone there with me to take care of me. But so this is where we need to listen. We need to be practical. And we need to know how can we actually be for the, there for the person. Because the person just wants to know that they're loved. That's it at that point. They feel their whole world is shattering. So what would be needed to let her know that I'm still in your world and I won't let it shatter even though they're broken pieces right now on the floor? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. On that note, we're going to put an end to today's podcast till we see you again.